What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. It's the entire crew. We're coming post-game. The Memphis Grizzlies Summer League squad uh, anchored by the uh, concrete feet having Jake LaRavia that's uh, out here dropping 25 <laughs> after all y'all talking crap about him. Yeah, man. <laughs> the, Shout out to Jake, man. They, they beat uh, Oklahoma City, who likely had, well, J-Dub didn't play in this game, but Chet Holmgren is probably going to be a starter for that team. Um, and then Jalen Williams from Arkansas, he played Arkansas played yeah. last year. Trey Mann. And, yeah, like those guys are going to be rotation players. The Grizzlies beat them, 94 to 86. LaRavia getting buckets, four for nine from three, nine for 18 from the floor for 25. David Roddy couldn't throw a rock in the ocean tonight. Kenneth Lofton Jr. doing what he does. He struggled from the field, but – I'm still happy with it, this performance. And how about Vince Williams Jr.? Like, is there yeah. a chance? Is there a chance we're we're sitting here? There's been a lot of conversation about deep roster guys on this team. Is there a chance that Vince Williams Jr. finds his way into the rotation by the regular season? Because he was he went what was it 17 on Monday night and then 18 tonight. Well, his best chance is yeah. going to be by Jai's out for sure because, you know, you're going to be down a guard. So, so maybe it's tough, though, because they, they're pretty deep at the guard position. But I love to see it happen if it's somehow, some some kind of way. I, I wish he could play more to three. Um, but I don't know if, if he has that ability to, you know, go from, from guard to small four. But if he could fill that role, I'd, I'd be interested in seeing that, too. I mean, he's got the size. Yeah, but- six six plus wingspan. I think it's all about if they have the faith in him and and, and match up would matter as well. Right. Yeah, man. I I really like what I've seen out of him. I, if you kind of look at the guys, then the improvements uh, of the guys, I think him for two games, I think he's shown the most. Um, back at VCU, he was the man on that team. I mean, he was a high-volume, high high-usage scorer, and you didn't get to see a lot of that last year. Didn't lack the confidence, man. He was putting the shots up. You remember that finale against OKC, man, where he – just couldn't throw it in the ocean, but he was still putting it up. But I, I really like what I've seen. One thing that I've noticed with him is last year on his shot, he didn't he didn't get his feet planted well. I've noticed that coming into these two summer league games, he's playing that back foot a lot better. That's an improvement that I've seen in his shot. And he's shooting with confidence, man. He's doing everything, man. Getting to the free throw line, um, finishing at the basket. He's pulling up and knocking down a three with confidence. So I really like what I've seen out of him. I think these games are going to be good for him. It'll be interesting to see if they continue to play all the guys as they go into Vegas. Uh, do they possibly eventually shut Kenny Lofton and David Roddy down? We've kind of seen them do that before, kind of did it with Maine. But um, I would like to see him, especially him and Jake, uh, continue to get minutes uh, because those are two guys that they got to they got to try to figure out with, with, with this group of, of forwards, man, who which one of these guys, who's going to emerge, who's the keeper um, out, out of this group. But through two games, man, Vince Williams Jr. is really – really showing himself well, um, and, and I have like what I've seen out of him so far. And one additional quality that I like about Vince Williams Jr., and their games aren't similar at all, but he has a, a quality of the ability to get get points and contrib- contribute in meaningful ways just quietly, just kind of going about consistently doing his business, almost like Dez and Bain. Like you look up and Dez and Bain's got like 23 points quietly, and it seems like that's how it's been these past couple games. Like he's not doing anything flashy. He's not, you know – I mean, but he's just he's just always there, right place, right time, uh, making the right reads, 
Um, and, and just like, 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 as I said, shooting with confidence and, and being efficient while doing it so far in these first two games. So it, it's just cool to see, cause you need players like that. Um, and, and really that's kind of how you find yourself on a rotation, the ability to be able to produce without needing a whole lot or being to be needing to be featured in any sort of way. Yeah. To, to your point in, in that first game, they don't win that game. If it's not for him, when they had those offensive lows, he was the one that kind of, when, when they couldn't find offense, he knocked down a couple threes here and there, and that's kind of what kept them in the game, kind of knocked down some big shots and, and kind of kept them going when they were really struggling on the offensive end. So, yeah, man, he he's really, really shown well. Uh, coming out of last season, I didn't have a lot of expectations for him, uh, but just overall, I've probably been more impressed with him just as far as expectations coming in than anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, th- they're – for the most part, Grizz Nation has been pretty tough on LaRavia. And I go back to last year's Summer League. We see Santi Aldama come out and look awful. And then later in the Summer League, he turned it on and it was able to carry through for him. He, he had a fantastic season for the Grizzlies. This game from LaRavia coming out, you know, 25 points, four for nine from three. I hate that he missed a free throw. I want to drop kick him for that, but it's one. That's fine. You know, he, he's been more aggressive in, in these games. Even going back to the last game, he didn't have a great game, but you saw him being more aggressive and looking for a shot. Like, does that give you guys any hope at all that he's going to be the guy that's going to step up? It's an important step in the right direction. I'll say that. Is it, is it, is it, will it project well? I think only time will tell because there are some limitations on his shot, slow release, slow footwork that haven't really improved. But, you know, if he can find a way to overcome that, then in order for him to be a meaningful contributor, I think you need to see these things, right? You need to see the increased um, shot account, shot attempts. I know that was issued last year. I mean, he was only taking like five shots. Him shooting 18 shots is an improvement. I think he is getting better about his decisiveness and shot selection for sure. And even maybe a little bit more confidence, maybe it depends on the day, but sometimes you do see him have a little bit more confidence. So to, to be determined, but you you got to see this, if there is any hope. Yeah, for, for me, my, my, myself and others have definitely been been hard on him. Um, after that first game, one, one thing, and Candace kind of touched on it, the, the foot speed is not going to change. There's just not a lot that you can do to change that. But one thing, David mentioned, the confidence is definitely there. Even in game one where he struggled, you could see like it's like night and day difference between summer league last year and summer league this year. Uh, last year, you couldn't even get him to shoot the ball. At least he he was shooting the ball even though he wasn't making a lot of shots. In the first game tonight, he came out firing from the beginning and was knocking him down. One thing that I did like that I saw tonight was his off-ball movement. Um, he was moving really well without the basketball, even though the foot speed's not going to increase I think it seems like he knows how tonight he did a really good job of getting to the open spots and being available uh, for the pass to get the, when, when, and read the defense to know where he could get open. That's something that I saw tonight that I was really impressed by. And, and again, man, like I said, I've been hard on him. And I, I think if he's going to be able to make it on the NBA level, it's going to be he's got to become a dead eye shooter because he, when you watch him, he just, it's almost painful at times watching him try to get by guys. Now, if you set him up, like he had some great setups tonight from Kittle Officer who was just feeding him wide open in the paint, he could finish then. But anytime he has to try to drive by 
anybody. Like, he just can't create any separation. So he's got to use his instincts, like I said, of finding ways to get to the open spots to get those shots. And he's got to knock them down. Um, and he hasn't really shown any consistency at knocking down threes. And I think if he's going to be able to hang in the league, he's going to become that dead-eye three-point shooter. And tonight, I mean, he was knocking them down. When he got open, he knocked those shots down. And that's what we're going to need to see continue. You're just going to need consistency there. And if he can be that, I mean, there's always room in the league for shooters, especially one with his size. So are, are we really shocked, though, by the lack of lateral movement, that was one thing I remember in the when you and I were breaking down draft prospects. He was a guy that we liked overall because of the things that he brought to the game. But I remember I was going back looking through my notes, and one of the things that I had written down, and you may have had this as well, but his lateral quickness has not been there, it wasn't there in college. No. So it's not like this is new, but he's very crafty. He has quick hands. He plays the passing lanes well. He's never going to be a shutdown defender, but he could be a good team defender. I think that he has the tools to do that. Like, is he going to be an elite player in the league? I, I don't see that at all. But I can can he be a rotational piece? I think that he has the tools for that. There's still work to do, though, for sure. Yeah. I'll go ahead. Well, I just real quick, just to say, I, I don't think it's a surprise about the lateral speed, but I do think that, the like you mentioned, he does have quick hands, but I'm, I'm not sure we saw that in the opportunities. Even he, he, he him being injured and, and missing a lot of opportunities sort of hindered even that, right? Because I think we saw some flashes of that and then it just sort of went away and he started just kind of looking lost out there on pretty much all fronts. So he, he lost some valuable time development wise and, Maybe if he can get that back, it will sort of help offset that lateral quickness because he's got. I mean, he's gonna always gonna have to do a Kyle Anderson like approach. I feel like in terms of how he defends, you know, using his length. Um, and we'll see if he's able to consistently do that. Yeah, and I just want to I just want to mention quickly the the confidence aspect that I talked about earlier, and and I've talked about this on here before. His coach Steve Forbes in in college talked about how he had to continue to try to motivate him to to go out there and take shots that he didn't want to shoot the basketball. So seeing him being confident the way he has in these first two games, I think that's that in itself is an improvement. Cause again, like I said, going back to summer league last year, you didn't see that and you didn't see it in the regular season. And I do want to preface it. It is summer league and you're going to need to see that confidence trickle over to regular season games, which is a whole different ball game. I mean, you take it on a different level of talent, but he's going to, he's going to need that irrational confidence with his shot. Because if he's going to stick in the league, like I said, that's going to be his bread and butter. He has to knock down shots. And in order to be that that type of shooter, you have to have that confidence when you take the shot. And again, man, here in these first two games, he's had that confidence. You just want to see that continue. You want to see the consistency, him knocking down shots. And you want to see that carry over to the regular season. So we'll see how it plays out, man. But a, a big game tonight. And, and one thing I want to say is nobody wants to see these guys fail. My criticism of him has nothing to do with me not liking him at all. Because, I mean, he was – I had a, a list of 10 guys that I would have liked to see them take in that area with those two picks they had about in the first round, and he was on that list. Like, me and David both like some things about LaRavia. It's just that last year, I mean, you take two first-round picks to move up to, to 19 to get him. You just would have liked to have seen a little bit more out of him last year. But, I mean, I guess better late than never, everybody doesn't develop – at the same level. It's just that you hadn't really seen much out of him 
before now. Uh, but again, man, just good to see him have a, a, a nice game tonight, man. So I want to give him his flowers after giving him a lot of criticism this week. Uh, man, shut me up. Like, this is what I want to see, man. I'm not mad at all, man. Go out there and drop 25 for the rest of the summer league, man. I'll be extremely happy uh, coming out of it. Yeah, Sonny shut us up. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, I, I do want to talk a little bit about Gigi Jackson, and then we can move on from this game and get into uh, the, the grades from the roster of, of last season. My biggest concern with him, I, I said it when we reviewed him in our, in our draft coverage this year, even though it was limited, like the the defense, like that, that's been my biggest concern. And he's had times where he looks like he's actually putting effort in and that's, he's young, so he can learn. Like if he wants to go out there, he wants to put the effort in. I think if he's going to get opportunities, (laughs) excuse me, if he's going to get opportunities early on, he's going to have to apply himself on the defensive end. And because of that frame, it's going to allow him to be at least semi-successful in that end, how far that goes We'll, we'll just have to see from there. But offensively, he is everything everything that I've seen from him on the offensive floor. It, it's what we thought he was going to be. We knew that this kid could get buckets, and he's shown that he's, he's able to do that in multiple ways. He was two for three from three tonight. You saw him in that first game. He, he caught the ball in the post and just muscled his way into the paint and got like a little seven or eight foot little hook shot that he knocked down just muscling guys that are NBA talent at 18 years old. That's not something that you're typically going to see. So I, I think that early on, at least the stuff that we're seeing from him bodes well for him and what his uh, career trajectory could be. Yeah. I, I like Gigi Jackson a lot. I, I really do. I, I think you're seeing I didn't get the chance to talk about it last time when you guys started talking about Gigi Jackson's powering out, but you know, he's had a history of some defense of like, you know, being a defender. I think, I don't think, I think the South Carolina situation was, was not, obviously wasn't good on a lot of levels, but I, I think he showed, yeah, <laughs> I think he showed some defensive capability before that. Like he, I think he had the peach jam, you know, got the peach jam is everything, but the defensive player of the, a week or whatever award, like yeah. he just shown some flashes of being able to defend and use his frame <laughs> properly. A lot of it really was mental, you know, just like mental, like not paying attention. At least from the the tape I watched, not paying attention, like just ball watching, taking off play. It was a whole lot of that, and I think you're seeing that he does that he is capable. Now, is he going to be a defensive stopper? No, but I don't think you need that. I, I don't think. I'm of the philosophy that this team, the Grizzlies aren't going to struggle at this point because of defense. Like, (laughs) I think they've got so many defenders on this team at this point that you just need to be able to not get killed. But somebody's got to be able to get buckets. And I think that's what the Grizzlies are missing in terms of taking them over the top. So I'm not really looking at him from a standpoint of how well can he, you know, improve defensively. Yeah, you got to, you know, be serviceable, be put out on the floor. But I'm looking at what can he do with a small role. And I think he's doing that well. He's been efficient. I think 50% from the floor uh, both nights. Yeah, at least 50% from the floor on both nights. Uh, Sort of just contributing in small ways. A little bit here, a little bit there. Just a couple rebounds. Just kind of fitting in, flowing really well. And 
I just like what I see. Um, Because the question was his mentality, right? Like him playing hero ball, him having bad shot selection. Yeah, you you see a couple of those instances, but that really hadn't been an issue with them. And that's encouraging for me early on. Yeah, well, one thing you have to take into account with Gigi is he reclassified. He was supposed to be a, a high school senior uh, th this year. And for him to step into that situation in South Carolina, which was a terrible situation, he stepped into that situation and he was absolutely the man. Like, that's all they had. Um, and, and if you watch the film, there are times where he shows good defensive instincts. And I've talked about this a lot. A lot of the defensive stuff, I think, was just simply rooted in his usage rate was so high um, on the offensive end. Like, he had to do everything. I think there were just times where he just simply took plays off on the defensive end just to, to conserve energy because he had to do so much on the other end as far as shot creation and, and, and getting buckets because nobody else could do it. Uh, I, I just think that's a lot of what you saw. I mean, he definitely has the NBA body, the size and length, and he he's probably not even done growing. Like I said, he's only 18 years old, uh, the youngest guy in the draft and will be the youngest guy probably on the NBA level. Uh, this coming season, because again, he's supposed to be at prom at, at high school graduation, coming out of high school graduation right now, and he's playing against some NBA guys right now and getting buckets. I hope going forward that they they feature him more. Uh, he's he's been coming out of the bench, only got 11 minutes tonight. Uh, but as you guys said, 50 percent in both games, two or three from three tonight. I mean, you saw some bully ball with him re recognizing the mismatch and just getting the ball, taking it. Uh, pushing, pushing the guys into the basket, a little turnaround hook shot. We've, they, me and David talked about his create shot creativity and, and the fact that the way he could get to his spots. I mean, he's elite at that yep. for a guy of his age. Like, you yep. don't see guys that advanced as far as variety of ways that they can score. So I don't have any worries about him on the offensive end. It's just, can he show that consistency on defense? And you've seen it through a couple games. I mean, had two blocks in game one, and he had a couple – other times where he off the shots, the defense is there. The, the, the instincts are there. I mean, if he puts in the effort, he has the size of link to, to get better on that end. And as you said, this is a defensive-oriented team. They don't need him to be a lockdown defender. If he can go out there and get buckets and be serviceable on defense, they'll be fine. And I definitely think he can get that. It's just all about him, the work ethic. And it seems to me, from everything I've read and everything I heard, seems like he wants it. Um, uh, he's not a passive guy. He's a guy that has swagger. Um, I think he's a guy that wants to be really good and, and that's have to battle a lot of times. So I, I think they got a steal there. I mean, he was projected to go in the first round, both mocks. Uh, I've talked about this on the last couple of times on here. Rafael Barlow draft guy, uh, big time draft guy, to draft community feels like he would have been the number one pick if he had went back in college next year. So that's really high praise, man, for a guy to get, get a guy like that at 45. Uh, so I, I think they got a steal um, again, man, just let him go down there and cook with the hustle uh, for a couple years, man, and see what you have. But he has all the tools, man, to to really be a, a player in this league. He's just super young and has a lot of a lot of room to grow. Um, and they got a lot of time to wait for him, man, because he's not a guy that they need necessarily just come in and, and produce now. Uh, they got time to kind of develop him and, and wait on him. So I think it's a good situation. I mean, the Grizzlies are a, a developmental oriented team so i think he landed in the right spot man and i'm really excited about his future so i was going to go into the grades but i have two things that i want to talk about before we go into the grades so we're going to assume 
the first 25 games, we know John Moran is out. So Marcus Smart, your starting point guard. Desmond Bain is your starting two. Who do you guys have slotted as the starting small forward for the Grizzlies opening night right now? Who's the front runner? Not for me. Isaac? Uh, oh, but I, I think uh, right now, I think it's going to be, I would say, David Roddick. If I had to pick today, just because of played in what 70 games last year, got experience, uh, played in the playoffs. I, I just think he's right now the guy, unless they go out and, and acquire someone else. Uh, I mean, there's some thought that maybe this side and trade brings in maybe a vet wing, and maybe that's not someone that you think about that's going to start long term, maybe when Ja comes back, but maybe. It's someone that's good enough that can fill in for their spot for the first 25 games. But as the roster stands right now, I think it's Roddy. I think he's shown enough for you to trust him to be able to kind of fit in there for 25 games. I mean, he had some big games um, in, in the regular season and didn't have a really good game tonight, played well in the first game. But just because of the experience that he has, looking at the other guys, unless LaRavia continues on the trajectory that he went on tonight and has a, a big breakout, Maybe he could be that guy. I honestly, I think if you could give Zach Kleiman true serum, I think Laravia would be the guy that they wish would 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 emerge as that. But just because of what we've seen from Roddy already, I think just with the guys on the roster, I, I think he's going to be that guy for for the first twenty five as of right now. So I I like the Kennard answer, and and I I would not have an issue with it being Kennard. I just don't know. I don't think that it's going to be. I think that they know what his role is going to be, and so they're just going to keep him in his role. I feel like that's just yeah, like a, ta- that's a Taylor Jenkins thing to do. Um, but also, you know, they knew what Kyle Anderson's role was going to be whenever Jaron was out. They were starting Anderson because, like, the lineup fit. I I don't know. I like. I think it's going to be one of those two guys. I think it's yeah, going to sure. be either Kennard or Roddy. Yeah. Um, I'm not convinced that LaRavia is going to do enough to surpass Roddy whenever it comes to it, but I, maybe like if he surprises me, I'm like, f- I'm fine with it. If he gets to the point where they're confident in him starting, that means something has went right for him. So, okay, like let's let it rip. The The second thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about, this is, I'm going to kind of put you under the gun. So I'll give you a minute to think about this. I'm going to name five players. And this is something the the wing and the kind of small forward thing for the Grizzlies is, is an unknown. And and people, it's wild to me. I've seen so many people talking about Marcus Smart coming off of the bench. And and I've said it on the <laughs> not, not like, yeah, he, not He's your start. Like he's going to guard the best wing player on the other team, period. When before before Ja comes back, when Ja comes back. When Ja comes back, your starting lineup is Ja Morant, Desmond Bain, Marcus Smart, Jaron Jackson Jr., Steven Adams. That's your starting five, hands down. But let, let's look out of the guys that are on the roster. Right now you have Jake LaRavia, David Roddy, Vince Williams Jr., Gigi Jackson, and they traded for Josh Christopher. Josh Christopher is not on the summer league roster because we got 
details that that trade was going to be a multi-team deal. And now for three days, four days now, we've heard nothing else about it, about what, how, like the final groundwork of that trade is still yet to come. So we're going to assume that Josh Christopher is is one of the the five as well. So LaRavia, Roddy, Vince Williams Jr., Gigi Jackson, Josh Christopher, rank them one through five right now. Um, in what context? Rank them for and, the and who you, yeah, right now? Yeah, for for the Grizzlies, talent. who you think could be the most impactful for the Grizzlies over the next two years? Over the next two years? Yeah. Interesting. Oh man, that's tough. That's <laughs> oh boy. Because because for me it's like. <laughs> What there, there are different things about what I okay, would want that, versus that, what I think what I think the front office might try to or and the team might try to push. Like that's that might tough. be two we, different we, things. We we <laughs> won't push that one. Let let me make let me th- this is a good question, and then we'll go to the grades. X has to happen for Gigi Jackson to see NBA playing time this season. What <laughs> what what is X? Uh, I guess I'll go for, for me, I don't know if there is an X. If you kind of know how this front office and this coaching staff operates, they usually slow walk their guys, especially if you're talking about a a second round pick. I mean, we kind of saw it with Kenneth Lofton Jr. last year. Like I pushed that agenda all year that I felt like he should have been getting minutes from the jump, but he was an undrafted free agent. You had guys that were on guaranteed contracts. And I feel like, some people disagree, but I feel like politics played some part in that. I feel like they made the decision from the jump that Kenneth Lofton Jr. was going to be in South Haven. And even though they might have saw some things that felt like maybe that he could be able to big roster and maybe get some minutes here and there, they still kind of decided to go with other guys. Even Vince Williams Jr. Uh, probably got more more time in, uh, with, the, with the big club than, than Kenny did last year. And I just think that's just kind of how they operate. I don't think they're going to push GG. For personally, for me, I think out of this group, especially, I mean, I can't can't knock Roddy and what we've seen from him, but probably confidence-wise or what I, I feel projecting going forward, I probably feel better better about him than I do of any of those other guys just because of skill set, the the the, the attitude, the work ethic that he that, that I feel like he has, how much he wants it. I feel like he has the highest ceiling out of those guys, but I, I don't think we're going to see that this year. I think all of that's going to be done in South Haven. I'm not sure there's really a path to where they're going to push him to the point to where we see him getting any minutes up with up on Bill, unless there's traumatic injury and they're in a situation where they they need somebody to come up outside of something crazy like that happening. I, I don't see him really being a factor uh, with up with the big club this year. You like him long term, even over Josh Christopher. Uh, and the Josh Christopher thing is interesting. There has been a report that Josh Christopher could be involved in. I, they, I can't remember if they said Portland, uh, maybe in the Damian Lillard trade. There has been some thought that Josh Christopher could be on the move. Like we talked about that uh, uh, on the last show about the, the ties that he has with the Grizzlies. He's Tayshawn Prince, Grizzly executive, godson, him and John Moran have a relationship. So we kind of both thought that he would be here. But there's been some reports that he could also be on the move. So that that trade and stuff is weird. The fact that we yeah. haven't had anything concrete on this, it must be 
a lot going on behind the scenes, like a lot of negotiations, what teams are going to be involved. A lot of people think the Grizzlies could shake out with another player out of this. I hope that's the case. Hopefully we're not setting up for something. They just end up with a second-round pick or something. Uh, I mean, it'd be disappointment, but I think in the next couple of days you'll hear something about that. But I'm not as sure that Josh Christopher is going to be here. I actually hope he is uh, because I, I like his potential and some of the things. But out of that group, I, I think Gigi is my guy. I, I'm a big fan of his, man, I, I and I'm excited about his future. I think he has a chance to be a really good player. Just how advanced he is on the offensive end at such a young age, the fact that he could continue to grow and he already has – NBA body, man, I'm really, really high on him. So I think GG's my guy, but I just don't see them pushing him that hard this year. I think it's going to be kind of a quote-unquote redshirt year, kind of the same thing that we saw with the other guys they drafted last year that were second round and Lofton, of course, undrafted. Yeah. Candace, what do you think? What what would X be in order for GG Jackson to see playing time at the NBA level this year? I think I sort of do. I, I pretty much agree with Isaac, but I can see a scenario where if Jake LaRavia ends up well injured and really looking like he did last year and same thing with Zaire doesn't do anything to move forward. I can see them being a position where they, they kind of forced to try, <laughs> try to see, you know, maybe if it's in garbage time or maybe it's in small situations. Cause they did put junior out there and like, you know, garbage time or whatever. And you know, so, saw what he did. I can see some of that. Um, and if he's able to thrive in those moments, maybe that goes into something bigger. I probably do see it at, at best as a similar situation to Kenny Lofton, where he is slow played throughout the year, but gets spot minutes here and there, spot opportunities. And if he does well with that, maybe he earns some kind of roster spot in a pinch situation or something like that. So that's what it, I think it would take. But in terms of ranking, I'll say – over the next two years, I think I do. I, I gotta go, Gigi. I just I like I like his ceiling better. I like his fit for what the team needs, his size, his frame, because they're lacking that right now, and they're kind of band-aiding that part together. They are an undersized team. I think at some point in the playoffs, at what level we'll find out, but at some point in the playoffs, that'll get exposed. They might be a little bit more open to pushing the Gigi Jackson bandwagon in year two over year one. Um, so I'll go him one. I'll go Roddy to. Oh, I wasn't gonna hold you to that because that, that was it was over two years. That was a tough question. Yeah, okay. If, okay. if you got it figured out, you can. But I, I wasn't gonna hold you guys to that. I, I, I asked and I'm like, yeah, that's a little tough. Let's let's not do that. I, so I think I got it. I, I, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Gigi Jackson one. David Roddy two. Vince three. Jake four. And I, I just don't know much about Josh Christopher's game. I know he tore it up in the G League. I'm familiar with that, but I haven't seen much film on him, so I got him five. It's probably wrong. We'll probably put him over LaRavia, maybe, but I don't know much about him, so I just... Man, poor know. Jake. <laughs> poor Jake, but I don't I don't know much about his game. Right now, Josh Christopher is last, but that that, that could easily be changed. Hey, Jake up. A little shout, out to, shout out Jake up, man. Yeah. All right, no, that's, so let, that's let, that that was fun. I I enjoyed that. So for me, I I would love it if GG goes down to the G League and is just destroying them down there. I'm like averaging 35 a game, being super efficient, and just makes it so obnoxiously loud. And I love got, to see it that they've I got no it. choice. You know, it's I like you, you know, hey, what do you need off of the bench? Scoring. 
hey, knock, knock, here I am. Even at the age of 18, I can come up there and give you 10 to 12 points a night in limited minutes. And, and 10 to 12 doesn't sound like a whole lot, but if you're playing a, a, a 12 to 15-minute role and you're getting 10 to 12 points a game, you're cooking. You're you're doing good. And so I, I would love to see that happen, but I don't know. I, I think it's an extreme long shot. They're not going to give up on guys that they've invested money in. Right. But I think – I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities of it happening this season, but I think that he would just have to be destroying down in South Haven. Even though, you know, Law, we, we did see Lofton do that all last year, and he didn't really get much – much run, but I think that that was more. I'm not as confident in the guard depth as I was with BC and Adams and Jaron yeah. and X. Like you for you for sure had four NBA rotation players on the roster, and well, five. I, Aldama, you you know, you had five. Right. Like the depth, the depth in front of Kenneth Lofton Jr. was just tough. I don't think that anybody ahead of Gigi Jackson, yeah, has solidified themselves enough to say if this kid is down here killing it, that we're going to worry about stunting their growth and keep him down there. Like if he's down there kill, killing it, I think that you may see them move him a little bit faster than they did Lofton. That's and I, and I love it. I love to see it. Yeah, yeah, I love to see it. Gigi's my guy. You know, I'm I'm a fan of his man. So that would be wonderful, man. I just don't have any confidence that 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 this front office will operate like that, man. But I, I would love to be wrong. Love for him to go down there, like you said, man, and just tear it up. We saw that with Kenneth Lofton, and they still didn't really give him any money, many opportunities until later in the season. So maybe maybe that same thing happens with Gigi. I, I think he has the talent. To 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 possibly make that happen, so we'll see. I like I like David's point though. The the depth is different, and they're I mean that wing position outside of sports yeah. is really wild. It's like, big time question mark. Yeah, anybody yeah. like name. right right now, you're looking at the main roster. You have your your guards, so Ja, and then Smart your your backup point guard, and then at the two, <clears throat> you know like Smart your starter. You have Kennard, and then you have John Conchar. But no. that, like <laughs> there, there's 16 names under contract on this roster. Like Jacob, until we know, like I'm just gonna assume that he's on the roster. Right now, they're sitting at 16 guys on the roster. So one of those guys is going to have to be gone somewhere. I don't know who that's gonna be or when that's gonna happen. But I, I just you know what you get from Conchar. Is he a regular season rotation guy that brings value to the club? Sure, but that's all he's ever going to be. He's not going to be a playoff rotation player. He's not going to be part of an eight-man rotation in the playoffs. It's just not going to happen. You know, like, he is at his ceiling right now. Just what it is. So, let's see some of these young guys. But Agreed. I, I was going to say, I still, I, still, I still think they're – is some type of small consolidation of trade coming, whether it's an extension of this expansion of this deal that that's hanging out there right now, or there's something else. I still think there is one more small move. It might not be anything significant, but I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of added some more players to this deal. Maybe one of those forwards, whether it's it's Zaire. I know 
David doesn't think they're going to, quote, give up on him this quick. But it, it's just interesting to me that just from the end of the season that Kleiman just really hasn't mentioned him and he's mentioned yep. all the other young guys and you would think he would be at the forefront yep. of their development. The fact that he's not playing in summer league, he's not even around. Like a lot of times when you have those situations where when guys don't play, if they're going to work out and be on a plan, they'll be with the team. He's not out there with the team. It's just, this is interesting to me. Maybe it's nothing and maybe he is just working out and doing his thing or whatever, or rehabbing or whatever is going on with that situation. There's been a lot of conjecture on whether he's injured or what's going on with that, but it's just something interesting to me that they just haven't really mentioned him since the end of the season. And the others haven't either. Like Des and Bain, when he was asked about the player that he thought would take a leap, you know, rookie year, I mean, it was all about, it was all about Zaire. I was talking about Zaire and, and he said LaRavia. So, and, and at one point I know Zaire and Bain were working real closely leading up to that summer league, that first summer league um, yeah. for Zaire. So for Bain not to say Zaire, Let's me know something shifted there too. So I, I I agree with you. We'll see, but I do hope that I would I would love to see some kind of small consolidation move because I, I I just think they gotta open up the opportunities for the guys who still have question marks yeah. and for the yeah. guys who don't you know just kind of put them somewhere where they can be where they're gonna be and you got the young talent for a reason. Do something with. It. Yeah, they just have too many guys that, that, yeah. that fit in the same box that they don't know what they're gonna get from. Like you can't develop, yeah, you can't develop all of those guys. Like at least one of them right. uh, needs to go, baby, to to bring in that that vet wing. Uh, they they just have too many roster spots. I think tied up in that, and they need there are other a couple other things that they could use on a roster that other than outside of guys that they're trying to develop basically for the same position, so to speak. So let, let's move on to the grades. We're going to go semi-alphabetical order here. We'll start with Steven Adams. Uh, we got each individual grade and then an overall grade. Um, and I'll give the grades and then we'll talk about why we gave the grade and just move on. Uh, some guys will talk about more than others. And, you know, we, we'll, we'll just see how it flows. Steven Adams, Isaac gave him a C. Candace gave him a C plus, And I gave him a C. Isaac, what was it? So C is just kind of middle of the road, not bad, not terrible. But what was it that you didn't see from Steven Adams that you were hoping that you would see that led you to giving him a C? Oh, uh, well, uh, honestly, the grade doesn't really have anything to do with his play. Like, I'm a huge fan of his. You know, I, I feel like he's, if not the best, right up there with the best role players in the league. We know how important he is to this team. I mean, look at his numbers, 8.6 points. 11 and a half rebounds, five offensive rebounds per game, uh, 2.3 assists, average almost steal, a block. Uh, what he does with screen setting, uh, just getting creating second chance opportunities for this team, what he does for job opening up those lanes. He and and for you look at the three-point shooting numbers for Bain, completely different, much better when when Steven Adams is on the floor versus not. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I know there is a distinct difference. And that just shows you his value to this team. Uh, and this is a lot off subject a little bit, but I have some concerns about him going forward. I'm not going to go deep into that. We'll see how it plays out, but I'm still kind of nervous on what's really going on with that situation. But uh, the reason why I gave him a C is because he only played 42 games. Uh, be, and, and that's not his fault, man. Injured the knee and just some weird stuff going on there. Um, looks like he wanted to be out there in the playoffs, but uh, according to to reports that they they wouldn't allow him to to come out there and play, um, and just 
it, it hurt the team. There, there's no question about that. And even though it's not his fault, man, he still wasn't out there. So basically only played half the season uh, with the 42 games. So it's hard to kind of give him a great hire than that. If he had been on the floor the entire season, I, I don't think there would be anything that you could say negative about what he brings to the table because he's the type of guy that goes out there night in, night out, and does does his job. The consistency from him is, is there night in and night out. Uh, so it doesn't – not anything negative reflected on his game, just the fact that he only played in 42 games and wasn't available down the stretch in the playoffs for the team. I, I did have a couple knocks on, on the game, not to say that he isn't valuable. So that that is not the takeaway here because I, I very much so think very highly of Stephen Adams and his contributions to the team. To piggyback off a lot of what Isaac said, I agree with the value. But a couple of things that I did knock him on a little bit outside of the 42 games because that was a factor for me as well was his his free throw shooting was I mean he's never going to be a great free throw shooter but it was league worse like it was like 34 percent from from the free throw line it was really really 30, bad 36 percent but yeah that's his career worst yeah by by a lot yeah it was a real drop off for him and you know like I said I expect like 50 percent is about what I expect for Steven Adams it's not not high level expectations here but I did feel like that was a pretty significant drop off that the team felt early in the season um, I also feel like his playmaking dropped off a little bit. Now, part of that was because teams did begin to defend that, you know, dribble handoff two-man game, him and Des Vane had a little bit better. So it's not completely his fault, but he did drop off in the playmaking ability. He took a step forward, though, defensively. I think he I think he really did have some real some real elite-level play sometimes, especially against Joel Embiid and some of the bigger guys. He had some real great moments in that respect, so I gave him a C-plus to give a little bit of that back. But – um. Overall, very happy with Steve. I think he'll have a bounce back year. Um, I don't necessarily have the same health concerns about him going forward this upcoming year, but um, it, he will be needed because um, he contributes a lot to the team. Yeah, I, I don't really have anything to add on him. I, my grade was the same as Isaac. His overall grade from the show is a C. Um, just if you watch this team and how they operate with Adams on the floor versus when he's not on the floor, you can see his value. Yep. I, I wondered if they were not playing it cautious at the end of the season, just to see what they could do in the playoffs without him. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and they may head into the season. Steven Adams is probably still going to be a Grizzly on opening night, but, I would be more shocked if Zaire is not a Grizzly than shocked if Adams is not. Like, that would shock me less. So Interesting. Uh, Very interesting. Yeah, okay. I, I just, like, I really don't see them okay. moving Zaire. I know that, like, that's we're talking about Adams. That's but strange. it would shock me yeah. less if they traded Adams. See, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, see, I'm the opposite of that. Yeah. yeah. I <laughs> you, you are in a minority on that one, brother. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just looking at the the depth on this team. What Xavier Tillman was able to do last year. What Kenneth Lofton done all year last year. What 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 Conchar was able to do last year, man. I'm not worried about <laughs> Get out of here. All right, player two on the list. They're they're clowning over here. Santi Aldama. Uh, Isaac comes in with an A minus. Candice matches that with an A minus. I gave him a B. Candice, we'll go to you first off uh, on Aldama. And I, I think it's easy to point out why we gave him such high grades, but uh, what was it from Aldama that led you? You know, an A minus is almost the best grade you can get. So, what what was it from him that that brought you to this grade? 
Yeah, well, we're gonna come back to you because you were the you were the Santi guy and you gave him the worst <laughs> grade. But we'll come back to that. Yeah, I, I didn't even caught that. You were right. Hey, yeah, weird. We gotta come back to you. Um, <laughs> but so so for me, a big part of my measurement was based off of last year's ex. You know, how did they grow, progress from last year? And from last year to this year, Santi did not look like a playable NBA player at all. And not only was he able to be a solid rotation guy. He was able to start and he did very well in that. He was able to adjust back to being in the rotation, and which is hard to do. We saw Conchar struggle with that, with that very thing itself. And it is, it's not easy to do. And so he was able to just, um, you know, his three point shot was really reliable at times. There are some issues. He, he disappeared from times on the road, but it's being as young as he was. I mean, essentially this was his first full year of getting real NBA play time. So you expect that that's kind of, that's how you look at that's how you think of role players anyway they play better at home than on the road generally speaking and then the only other thing I could knock him on was just on his defense in the playoffs but again it's his first real it's his first playoff experience so that's the only reason why he didn't get an A plus um but I I, you can't be happier with a with a player any given player from year one to year two as you could be with Santi Aldama Yeah, I man. I, I, yeah, I, I gave my A minus. Um, Candace echoed a lot of the same things that I'm going to say. It's just about the progression. Um, last year, the, the, the first, his rookie season, he didn't look like a guy that there was question though whether he was an NBA player. And even going back to Utah Summer League, he still kind of looked like a deer in headlights even out yeah. there. And as time went on, they progressed into Vegas. He got better and got into the regular season, man, and really just took off. Like I was shocked at times just thinking back to just how bad he looked versus how much he had progressed. I mean, you look at his numbers, he almost doubled across the board. Uh, rookie year, 4.1 points, 9 points this year, uh, 2.7 rebounds his first year, 4.8, uh, just all the way across the board, 62% from the free throw line his rookie year, 75.9, 12.5% from three his rookie year to 35.3. Uh, effective field goal percentage went up from 42.4 to 56%, went up from 11.3 minutes a game to 21.8. Just double his numbers across the board, man. Just a tremendous leap. Um, and there were some negatives at times. Like Candace said, he would disappear in games at times and did struggle, especially defensively in the playoffs and inconsistent with his three-point shot at times. But I don't really knock him much for that because the expectations weren't super high. For him to get to where he got is still amazing. I, I mean, you didn't expect him to be a guy that was going to be getting playoff minutes. Nobody, You didn't even think that really – at getting back into summer league last year. You didn't think that was going to be a guy that was going to be in the playoff rotation. So just, just for him to get to where he we got. talking man. summer league, y'all didn't even want him on the roster. Like, hey, man. Not, I, hey man if I, it was up to me, he would have been yeah, gone. I'm not even going to No face, no case, man. I, I ain't saying that. <laughs> but, so, but, nah, man, I, I love what I what I saw from Sunday, man. I don't, think, I don't think you could ask for anything more. I mean, to see a guy take that leap, just how quickly he took that leap. Because, like you said, there were times where he even struggled really – really early in summer league. And it was just a night and day transformation for him. So man, a minus definitely for Sunday, man. And hopefully he could continue to grow, man. Cause I, I admit that I didn't have, I didn't have high expectations for him coming out of that first season. Now, so, David. Yeah. Now you guys can let me have me, it. Man. So th this is why I gave him a B. He started off. You, you look at the first 20 games of the season and I I know that his role was different 
right? Yeah. He started 15 of the first 20 games. May have looked like an all-star early this season. <laughs> and then you you look at his last 20 games of the season. When you compare those two and, and what he was doing early on to the way that he finished the season, his his defense, to me, backslid as the season went along. And maybe that was from teams like getting film on him and you wouldn't think that they were game planning against Aldama, but you know, like guys watch film and they find ways to exploit players' weaknesses. And he in the first 20 games of the season, he yeah, he was blocking shots and everything. Yeah, like <laughs> a steal and a block per game. His minutes per game didn't change a whole lot. He was right around that same level, and he dropped down to less than a steal, like .3 steals and a half a block a game. And to me, I would hope as the season went along that you would be more comfortable in the defensive scheme and still be able to produce. And and steals and blocks are not the only thing that define a player's value on defense. But whenever I started digging into his numbers, that's really – I knew that he kind of slid off a little bit toward the the back end of the season. Some of that's probably fatigue. There's a lot of things that you can contribute it to. But that's why I went with a B, and and a B is definitely not a bad grade. I was super happy with what we saw from him. I was, I think, the only person that was a Grizzlies fan that wasn't ready to ship him out of here last season before the season started. So, you know, I I am lower than you guys, but I, I would love to see progression for him continue to climb. And the regression toward the end of the season is really what kind of drove that grade down because in the toward the end of the season and in the playoffs, his defense was not as good as what it could be. Hey, can I, oh, go ahead, Ken. Can I talk you into a B plus if we <laughs> give context? Important, important context. I think you're right. Film teams did do more film on him, but that had a lot more to do with him being the only other true big on the team outside of Jaron Jackson Jr. So remember that in the first 20 games of the season, there was he's playing there. with Steven Adams versus yeah, with BC, and yeah. With, so, so that that's a lot of pressure. Not so not only did he adjust roles from a rotation standpoint, but he became a real focal point in a way that he had not before. And so I think between that and I think the fatigue was, you know, as the season wears on for a guy who just who was playing in the hustle last year, pretty much. I'm sure that's a factor as well. Can I can I move you up to a B plus with that context? I mean, he he got a the the overall grade for the show is a B plus. All right. When, when, when you average everything together, you guys both go A minus and I want a B. So he's a he's a B plus. And, and again, it's not I, I was not unhappy at all. Like a, a B is a good grade. Like we're we're not uh we're not holding every, everybody doesn't have to have an A. So there's some players as we move down this list that I have higher grades on. And so you can you can rack me about the higher grades whenever we get down there. Um all right. let's go. Uh, Desmond Bain is the next one on the list. Oh wait, wait. Uh, Isaac was gonna say something. Yeah, that. yeah, real quick. I know we gotta move on. One thing that that really surprised me that I forgot to mention. Uh, about something last year is the, the swagger. Like, I never expected him to kind yeah. of have that swagger. He has a mean streak. Like, he he goes out there and tries to catch bodies. Like, he he gets gets upset. He gets fired up. And that's something that I didn't know he had in him. Just kind of watching him in that first season in college, 
that's not a something that he really showed. So that that really surprised me. Um, and I think that kind of played into him improving his game because he definitely definitely has a little swagger to him, a little spice to him, no doubt. Agreed. Yep. Uh, Desmond Bain is next. A minus from Isaac, A from Candace and myself. Overall grade for the show is an A. Isaac, why minus instead of just a flat out A from Bain last year? Uh, I think the minus just comes from the time the time that he missed. Um, I think coming back, there were some times where he he kind of struggled. Um, there there was a period can't remember what that was when when Jaw was out. A period where he he really struggled late in games in the second half. Um, yeah. He had some some turnovers. I mean, you go back to that game at LA. Um, had that turnover at the end of the game. There were times where he would kind of disappear uh, sometime late in games, and I think a lot of that had to do with much higher usage. Um, him being on the ball. Um, at times, and just being fatigued at the end of games, and so I think that's where the minus came from. But he definitely took a leap uh, this season as far as his ball handling, um, him being able to create his own shot. That's something that he said he was going to continue to work on, and you definitely saw that pay dividends uh, this this past season. And early in that season, man, he was on a tear; like he was on his way to being an all star. I really do think this team would have had three all stars if not for for that injury. So I, I think we're going to see him playing all-star games in his career. Um, there's been a lot of conjecture about the, the $270 million extension that he just signed, especially outside of Memphis. People are kind of turning their nose up and they don't understand the value, which shows you that they don't watch this team uh, because he's worth every penny. One thing that you have to take into account is he was basically playing on a discount uh, yes. before the end. So you have to kind of bake that into to that deal. But I mean, tremendous uh, year for him outside of the injury. Some of the things I mentioned overall, he definitely added to his game. And I think there's even another level he can get to, but I, I think he was already playing at all-star level. I think that toe injury just kind of slowed him down. And I think ran into some fatigue and kind of working through that late in the season. That's just kind of the only reason why I gave him a minus. It would have been just a straight up a, if it wasn't for that. Uh, but, but I like his progression. Um, and again, his ball handling because he really struggled his first year. Um, in rookie year, handling the basketball, and you saw him, they put him on ball in summer league, and we've seen that improve to the point of now where we count him as a guy that can handle the basketball as a secondary ball handler, and that's something that you definitely wouldn't have said his rookie year. Uh, so so shout out to Bay, man. I, I think I'm excited about his future. Um, I, I love what, what he is on and off the court. Uh, so the only reason why I gave him that minus because just because of some of the time missed, and I think some of those things that struggles that we saw him had at time was basically – Rooted in that injury and and fatigue. Yeah, that year one dribble was it was it was hard to watch. He used to dribble that ball so hard that you think he was gonna break the court. So <laughs> shout out D Bane. He was mad at the ball. Yeah, yeah man. he used I, to come I, stomping down that court. Shout I, out to this. I, I'm not gonna add anything. Like I am. I gave him an A and it's all like the growth from him. There were definitely, I think you're going to have struggles throughout the season. Everybody's going to have ups and downs. And I wonder how much that toe injury yeah. really bothered him. I think a lot of um, things more than Yeah. And, and I think until he found that they found some sort of treatment to get him to where he was comfortable playing on that. Then you saw him kind of hit stride again. And I, I just, I don't know that we've seen the best version of Desmond Bain yet, and that's saying a lot because he had a hell of a year this year. Yeah, let's move I on. Just add one more, yeah, one, sure. one more quick thing. I will say I think this will be a really important next. Uh, I mean, I don't want the car before the horses, but this is a playoff aspiring team, so I feel like in playoffs, 
next playoff series will be really important for him because he really only, I mean, he showed a tremendous showing in, in the Timberwolves series. He really carried that series, but of course he got injured after that. So he didn't play well and, you know, for the Warriors series and then he really struggled against the Lakers. So you would like to see, you, he's shown the potential to be that playoff guy, but I do think it's important that for his continued progression that he b- becomes more like the Timberwolves series, Des Bain, and not what we've seen the past two series from him. Let's put that up. Okay. All right. So, I, Candace, we're going to start with you on the next one. You had the highest grade by far on here. I didn't – any time that you guys sent me an A-plus, I just leveled it off. I capped the top grade as, as an A. But Brandon Clark, Isaac had him in a C minus. You had him in an A plus. Oh, wow. I had him in a C. Yeah, C minus. Oh, boy. Yeah. interesting. Yeah. So hey, his man. overall grade for the show was a B minus. Candace, what what was the A plus? What what did you see from yeah, him? A plus so much. Yeah. So all right. So one, he did play a lot. He played more games than I think he think he played six. Played 50, 56. 56. Okay. All right. So he played more games than than Stephen Adams, but. BC had a good year. I mean, in terms of his efficiency, I think his finishing went up. Um, I, I mean, I really can't think his, his figure throw percentage went up. He was able to kind of hold down the fort in some some critical like clutch moments sometimes when the rest of the team was fumbling around. I he his chemistry with Jaron was was on. Given the context of who he is, I don't think he fell back in any particular way. I, defensively, I thought he was still solid. Maybe you could knock him a little bit there. Uh, but I just couldn't think of anything that was really a fallback. I'm curious to, to hear what you guys had to say because uh, I even went back and looked at some tape and looked at I just couldn't see what he did worse at. Isaac, you want to take it? Yeah, for, for me, I, I gave him a C-. minus. Um I, I, I think part of, part of mine, and I think when thinking back on it, I might have been a little harsh on it, but I think the injury only playing 56 games kind of played into my grades. Like I docked players for the injuries for sure. Just even though it's not necessarily their fault, but they, they just, you're not there. So you can't give them that higher grade. I do think he slipped a little bit defensively. Uh, I think he was better defensively uh, two years ago uh, than, than he was last season. But again, most of it for me is just rooted in him missing that, that amount of games. Um, yeah. I, I don't, I, like you said, I mean, he he was steady. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say he dropped off. I, I do, like I said, I do prefer the defensive level, the effort that he put in like two years ago than he did this year. I think there were times where he struggled a little bit more. Um, with me, BC has always been kind of, I, I like him a lot. When he's good, he's good. But when he struggles, he really struggles. There, he's matchup dependent. And, and that's something that's always concerned me about him. Uh, like the, the contract they gave him, I know you guys disagreed a little bit. I don't think they extremely overpaid him, but I do think it was a little bit, a little bit of an overpay just because of that. Like you say, he probably won in the Minnesota series, and then kind of you couldn't even play him in a Warriors series. So that that's kind of always been my my knock on him. Like he's extremely matchup dependent, and I like guys that you can play all the time. But I'm a big fan of his. So I don't want to look like I'm dogging him or anything. But most of my grade has to do with him only playing in 56 games, and I do feel like his defense slipped a little bit from from two years ago. That's fair. That's fair. I will say I maybe docked him a little bit higher. I, I think I did the opposite. I, I docked him a little bit higher because I, I felt like, you know, he 
he did more with less minutes. Like he didn't get the same amount of rotation minutes he normally does. At least it felt like that to me. When I looked it up statistically, it did seem like overall it was sort of even. But I just remember kind of going long stretches of time without seeing BC and yet he was still able to put up similar numbers with with less minutes. So that that sort of was in the front of my mind too. That's a good point on the the defensive dock up because at, at times he did. It does depend on the matchup for sure. So he he played he averaged the same amount of minutes this year as he played last year the 21-22 season. My the the reason my grade is is a C and not anything higher is because of what we saw from him when Jaron was not here. And I know that BC is not Jaron and his game is not the same uh so you know you, you can't play him you're better off playing Aldama next to Adams because you can't have two non-shooters on the floor. Yeah, it was rough when they had him and Adams. That was his fault, though. I mean, that's yeah. that's coaching. Yeah. So, no, but my thing when when Jaron was out and Aldama was starting, in the in the times when he was on the floor, I felt like he could have been better. We have seen him be better. You look yeah, at like r- rookie rookie season, he was 12.6 rebounds playing 22 minutes a game. Year two, he goes up to 24 minutes a game. His field goal percentage drops, his free throw percentage drops, his points drop, his rebounds drop. Yeah, so like you go up in minutes and everything goes down. Yeah, it was a bad, bad. Yeah. And, and so it, it just because of what he was able to do in that Minnesota series, I'm like, okay, with Jaron being out, we're going to see him unleash at the beginning of the season. And I watched so many games and Brandon Clark plays so well off of Jaron Jackson Jr. It's almost like he needs him out there to unlock the best version of him. But I don't know if that's a crutch for him or what it is. I just wanted to see more from him when Jaron was out. Those what Jaron missed, like he didn't miss a ton of games. Was it like eight, eight or nine? It was. I think it was like seventeen. I thought it was seventeen games or something. Yeah, like, it, it, was, was. It, was double, it was double digit. It was somewhere between ten and twenty. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't remember exactly how many games, but I, I think like I, I wanted to see more from Clark when Jaron was out, and it just we saw the best version of Clark last year when Jaron was healthy and that's fine you know he he's a role player at a couple years ago we were talking about him being a core piece and now i don't know that uh, that i feel the same way about that at all um i don't agree with Isaac i don't think it was an overpay with what he brings to the table i think that contract is pretty well on par with other players in the nba but Again, Brandon Clark, uh, C minus from Isaac, A plus from Candace, C for me, B minus overall from the show. And then we'll go to uh, his tag team partner. And honestly, like, I'm, I'm not even really going to talk about him a whole lot because defensive player of the year, the offensive leap, like everything that he done. If any of you guys would have sent me a grade less than A on Jaron, I was kicking you off of the show. So <laughs> just, just kidding. Jaron is an A across the board. Luke Kennard, uh, A's across the board. John Conchar, let's talk about Conchar here. We got a, a D from Isaac, D-plus from Candace, C-minus from me, D-plus overall for the show. Isaac, let's go to you here. 
you were the toughest grade on Conchar. Why were you so hard on him? Oh, um, I think I think part of of it is the blame of the coaching staff and, and the coaching staff um, yeah. of putting him in a position to where they were trying to make him be more than he needed to be. Uh, but if you look at his numbers, I mean, his numbers dropped off. Like if you look at his three point shoot numbers uh, two years ago, he's forty one point three percent, only thirty three point nine percent this year. Uh, was fifty one point five percent from the field um, in, in 21-22 and forty three point one percent this year. Um, so it is 61.5% effective field goal percentage and 52.5% this year. His shooting just really dropped off. Uh, that was something that you could really rely on him when he, when he got minutes, uh, two years ago, he would knock those shots down, just had no consistency there this year. Um, he also, one of the big things that people kind of said about him was his rebound and didn't rebound the basketball as well. I didn't even, I didn't even have the numbers down here, but just yeah, from the rumors that I, 4.6 in 21-22 and 4.3 in two more minutes a game. Yeah, so, so it seems so about the same thing, but it felt like odd test-wise. It didn't feel like yeah. he rebounded the basketball as well this year. Um, and again, I just think a lot of that was just putting him in a position that he shouldn't have been in. Like, if he's your 11th man, like, I don't have any problem with that. He's good. I just don't think he should be any bigger role than that. They came into the season – viewing him as kind of the Melton replacement. And I knew that was a mistake coming in. Like him being your backup shoot guard on a team that has designs of being a, a team that's going to make a deep playoff run. That just ain't it because that's just not him. I also don't feel like he should be making $6 million, but that's just kind of going off, <laughs> off the, off the drill there. But yeah, man, I, I just think he kind of declined. I think a lot of that had to do with him playing in a bigger role. The year before it was more of a, a, a next man up kind of thing. Uh, so when he came in, there were expectations put on him this year. And I think when you put those expectations on a player, it can it can hurt their production. Because if you're, you're coming in when guys are hurt in, in, in a limited time, you, you'd have a different mindset. But coming in night in and night out, thinking, okay, well, they need me to do this, it kind of puts things in a different perspective. And I think that's kind of what we saw this year. And I think that's kind of where some of the drop-offs. So all of it wasn't his fault, but his numbers did – Dropped the, the drop this year. Um, from from going, he was a better player. I think a more dependable player two years ago than he was this year. Yep, I, I do second everything Isaac said, and I, I added a little bit of the plus there because uh, he did have a good month. Uh, everybody thought he was going to be the guy, and I'm, and I'm <laughs> like, yeah, yeah everybody, everybody looked awesome that first month. Yeah, like, like, man, <laughs> the, the victory laps, the the pre, the man, pre I mean, they were on it, man, crazy, <laughs> and then October. Um, Shout out the swing pass, but anyway. <laughs> so it was anyway. He also, but he did. He, I think he started shaping back into himself a little bit in the playoffs. Now the shot still didn't come back, but in terms of being able to provide host of plays in the playoffs, and yeah, had to block on AD niche. Yeah, like you, you kind of saw him come back to doing what makes him jitty. Like him in that role is cool. And I, me and Isaac were one, one and the same with it. Like the backup two was always going to be a disaster. And you, and you saw how long it took him to go back to finding himself, let you know, you asked him to be outside of himself. So I, I do, a lot of people don't want him on the team anymore. I'm I, I'm not in that crew necessarily. Now, if he is gone, wonderful. But I, if I don't, I don't hate to see him on the court as long as he is where he's supposed to be, and that's that 11th man. You got to come in, give you some energy, give you some hustle plays, and he's a niche guy, and that and that's cool. But 
yeah, um, that experiment is over, thankfully. So I gave him the best grade on the team at a C minus, and I done that for essentially one reason. When we were doing the exit interviews at the end of the season, the media availability, he was looking at his numbers, and he he saw the thirty four percent from three, and he owned it. He said, "I'm a better shooter than that. There's no reason for me not to be a forty percent shooter." And I, I think accountability means a lot. Guys that can you know, look at something and be like, Hey, this is my weakness. This is, I have to be better here. He, he was able to do that. And so I, I gave him a little bit of a bump because of that. He started off good and then it just went to hell in a handbasket. Like it, it was, he was not in his role. We, we said that Candace said that Isaac said that I'm not going to keep hammering on it, but I, I'm not, if he's on the team, I hate it because I know Jenkins is going to play him. But also, like, regular season games, I don't care. I Like, he's a regular season player, and that's fine. Draymond Green says that some players are 82-game players and some are 16-game players. He's an 82-game player. He, he is a regular season guy. He's not wired for the 16 games after the 82. Agreed. So uh, next guy on the list, Jake LaRavia, and we got D minus incomplete and an F. So we're just going to go incomplete for his overall grade. And and I think it's going to be pretty unanimous, just disappointment in him. Like the expectations, you you make the move. Essentially, he is why John Conchar are not, uh, why D'Anthony Melton is not on the roster anymore. And, and I know, man, I've been down this road with this conversation a million times. You can't keep everybody. You have to make moves that you think you're going to need in order to improve the roster. But I think it's clear that that one, at least to this point, has not worked out in the way that they hoped it would. So do you guys want to expand on on why you gave uh, LaRavia a bad grade? It, it got you, Canard. That's all I have for the trade. Um, <laughs> but did, yeah. I'll just – I won't be long. For, for me – I put incomplete because, you, you know, he he shot pretty well um, when he first started. He, he was looking better than Roddy for a while. I mean, when the when season first began, really people were seeing flashes from LaRavia and, and not Roddy. And, but that's just such a small sample size because you, especially your rookie year, it just wasn't enough to base anything off of. You're going to judge Roddy off of that, off of his first – couple months like it wouldn't be realistic either so for me just not a big enough sample size but the fact that it was such a small sample size was a disappointment yeah i was gonna say i, I gave him a d minus it's more incomplete um as candace said and david mentioned and i talked a lot about this i just felt like it was terrible value to kind of make that deal you move, take two first to move up from from 23 to 19 to take him and and i just didn't feel like there was any reason to do that, just looking at who was on the board. So if, if you make that move, it, it kind of means like you're you're expecting this guy to really come in and be a, a guy that probably even first year that you expect something out of, and you just didn't get much out of him. Uh, just barely saw him played in – only he played in 35 games, uh, three points, 1.8 rebounds, 33.8 from the field, but no consistent playing time outside of early in the season. Like Candace said, there was a, a moment there extremely early there where it looked like him, he was going to be the guy between him and Roddy, and then kind of he had some injuries, and Roddy kind of 
emerged as being that guy, but it's just just didn't get much out of him, especially seeing that it looked like there was a guy that they identified and said, man, we got to go get this guy. Like, we really like him, and you just didn't see anything from him that made you feel like that was a move that they should have made. Hopefully tonight is the beginning of of a turnaround for that, but but that's just kind of where why I gave him a D minus more more so incomplete because you just didn't didn't get much out of him year one. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna lump a few guys together here real quick because I'm I'm enjoying the content, but I don't want to run this show super long. Yeah. So Kenneth Lofton Jr. We gave him A's across the board. That's pretty obvious. He undrafted free agent, killed it in G League, ended up working his way into a contract at the end of the season. So good for Junior. We hope to see more of him this year. Um, Vince Williams Jr., we got an incomplete on him. And it's just, you know, it's one of those things where he got drafted. I don't know where your bar would be, but what I saw from him in college versus what we saw from him in the G League in the first year, I feel like he was well below even even him getting drafted, I think he was like 45th or 47th. Yeah, something like that. You know, like I still expected him to play better than what he did at the G League. And there there's anyway, I don't I don't want to waste a whole lot of time on that. So I was gonna say because he was a he was a, a star at VCU. Like yeah, he was a man yeah, dude. He, he was the top offensive option at VCU. Yeah. And he just didn't have it in, in the G League. Uh Dylan Brooks. Real quick, uh, C minus, C minus, B plus for me, C plus overall from the show. Uh, do you guys want to talk about him real quick, or since he's gone, you just want to be like, all right, cool, good riddance. It's <laughs> been talked about it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think we. I mean, I, I'll I'll make a couple points. I think we just all saw. I mean, if you look across the board, I mean, his efficiency numbers uh, really dropped. Um, I, I think across the board, man. I wrote some stuff down here. Uh, let's see. Uh, I, I know David won't like this. It's just just throwing out some of the free throw numbers went from he shot 85% from free throw from the free throw line two years ago down to 77.9%. Uh, uh, let's see. Um, he actually percentage-wise shot better from three. He was 30.9 two years ago, 32.6 uh, assists. But his attempts went up from four to six uh, last season. And so that, that kind of makes up for some of that difference. Um, effective field goal percentage uh, went from – Let's see, went down 1%. Um, his overall field goal percentage was 39.6 last year and uh, 40, 43.2 uh, two years ago. So he's never been super efficient, but it got even worse this year. And as the season went on, late in the season, it, it even got worse. So I, I think think we're pretty, pretty much everybody's in agreement that just put up too many shots, man, and just continue to shoot when he wasn't knocking down shots. And I think that's the big big difference uh for for him i think if he could have been reined in and would have fit in a role um and came off the bench defensively i don't have any questions about his game um i definitely think he has a role there it's just he has to rein in that offense and and i and we'll see if it happens with ebay udoka in, in houston but if he can rein that in man we've seen him he is a player that you want on your team if he fits within to, within the role in the team concept but that's just something that as the season went on this past year, just got completely away from it. My my defensive critique would be the fouls because he, 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 he everybody a lot not everybody but the veteran players knew that you could use his aggression against him and get him out of the game pretty quickly. Uh, so I, that would be the one knock. It's the only knock you got, but it is the one knock I have on defensively. 
and it was a, it came became an issue in the playoffs because he just couldn't. And he, well, in that case, the because of the offensive end, people were happy he wasn't on the floor. But he, I mean, he wouldn't he really wasn't able to play even the same amount of minutes that he really needed to play to be there for the team defensively. That's fair. I, I won't add anything to, to DB. I gave him the best grade because of some of the leadership stuff that I felt that he done at the, uh, at the end of the season to kind of take heat off of guys. But uh, let's, let's move on from him. We'll save Ja for last. Let's go David Roddy next. Uh, B from Isaac, A minus from Candace, B for me, B plus overall from the show. And, and I'll, I'll lead off on this one. I almost went higher than a, a B here for him just because of what he was able to do in the playoffs. He, yep. I, LeBron James is, he is still, that's still his name, but he, he's not the same player that he used to be, but he's still very, very deadly whenever it comes to high IQ basketball and the, the plays that he's able to make on the floor. And David Roddy done a hell of a job on the times that he was, you know, hey, go out there, you're a rookie guard, one of the greatest players to ever play the game, and he held his own. And and that earned a lot of respect for me uh, going to, going out to Roddy and still a lot of things that he needs to work on. There's some consistency stuff, shooting the ball, that I would like to see him get a little better. And I, I wonder if we don't see – if you go back and you watch some of the tape at Colorado State – he has more to his offensive game than what we got to see from him last year. I wonder how much of that gets unlocked this year. You're seeing him in more of a kind of ball dominant role in the summer league. And I'm a little bit excited about that because I think that he could be a good secondary playmaker. And we didn't really see that at all last year. Yep. Yeah, I'll piggyback off most of what you said. A lot of what gave me an A minus form was that playoff stuff. I did, I do know he struggled. But that went far, especially as a rookie. Um, so I kind of graded him along the same way that I would have graded Zaire's rookie year in just terms of coming in, being able to play meaningful rotation minutes, and being able to contribute in that way. Sometimes being able to knock down a shot when nobody else could. Uh, that that goes real far. He struggled early, struggled at times. He was inconsistent. But for a rookie, I, I think that's about as good as you can get in as solid of a year as you can have. Yeah, man, I, I gave a B probably in hindsight and probably looking back now, I probably would have went A minus. Um, and, and I think just because he wasn't the one that you really had high expectations for coming in. LaRavia, I think of the two, was the one that most people felt like your one would be the guy that you could kind of get production might be the guy that would be in a rotation. And it ended up being Roddy. Um, uneven at times, but like you said, like Candace said, hit some big shots. There were times where the offense struggled. He was able to knock down, come in and knock down corner threes, create some offense. Um, and, and, and as David mentioned in the playoffs, guarding LeBron James and doing a good job of it at times. Um, that, that's just impressive for your rookie year, man. So nothing really negative to, to say about him. I don't think for his expectations, I don't think there's really anything negative you can say uh, because I think he probably outperformed what most people expected coming in. So that's what you want to see. Uh, and you just want to continue to to see that growth. I, I'm like David, think that there's some potential with him on the basketball. You saw a lot of that at Colorado State because he was kind of the guy creating there and doing pretty much everything for them. And I think there's some more potential there. I want to see that continue in summer league, him getting downhill, getting to the basket. We saw the three-point shot. 
him knocking it down. You saw that in game one. Looks like he's even improved on that. I mean, he was knocking down some deep ones um, in, in game one and shooting it with confidence. He seems to be extremely confident. Struggled a little bit tonight, uh, but but he seems to have that confidence. And I just want to see him let put it, let them continue to put him on ball more, let him create, uh, let him do do some playmaking. He has some ability there as well. And I, I think he's just going to continue to get better. And I'm really high on him going forward. Uh, we all gave Xavier Tillman A's across the board, and and that's pretty self-explanatory. You know, this guy goes from not being in the rotation to starting 29 games at the end of the season and playing extremely well. So he is always ready, regardless of when they call his number. He comes out and he produces. He's not going to give you, like, blow your socks off big popcorn numbers but he's not going to go out there and lose you basketball games because he's making stupid mistakes. He's going to go out there and play good, solid basketball. May surprise you periodically, but not very often. One thing, I, I want to throw this out there. You're, you're listening to us grading the, the the players last season. If you disagree with some of these grades, let us know. I'd be interested to see if, if you have a different grade on some of these guys. Find us on Twitter at Ethos Grizzlies. Let us know what you think. And you can even rank them if you want to and let us see what uh, what your grades would be on these players. Um, I, I don't really want to – do you guys want to add anything on Tillman before we end with uh, – we got Z and Morant. So we'll go Zaire. If you have anything for X, then we'll go Zaire and Morant. Yeah, I'll chime in on, on X real quickly just to say how impressed I am with him, his attitude just on and off the floor, just always being ready go back to him being a third-year player and volunteering to go out and, and play in summer league. Um, and then, I mean, and then going down to the G League, volunteering to do that as well. Um, they kind of told him coming into this season that early on he wasn't going to be in a rotation um, and to volunteer to go down to the G League to get ready, to get better, swallow his pride, and, and never complain. There's a lot of guys in this position that probably wouldn't have been happy in his role and maybe would have asked to be traded uh, but, or, and, and go somewhere where he felt like he was a better fit but he continued to work. I mean, he said that that's what he was going to do. And when his number was called, he'd be ready. And he, that is 100% what happened. Uh, starting in the playoffs, playing big time minutes for this team and, and playing well. There was time where he was guarding LeBron James and guys as well and doing a good job. So I, I don't think anybody can say anything negative about X uh, for gets the most out of his ability. Uh, undersized, not the most gifted or skilled player out there, but does the the best and gets the maximum out what we what he has to work with, man. So I'm just super excited and and good good glad to have him on this team. That's the type of guys that you want on your team and in this locker room. He just has the the right attitude and when you need him to come in and produce, man. It seems like every time they've called his number, he's been able to do that. Candice, you got anything on X? No, no. Okay. All right. So who we want to do next? We want to finish with Jar. We want to finish with Z. Uh, let's let's finish with Jaw. Hey, let's let's go Z. All right. Uh, F from Isaac, D minus from Candice, F for me, F overall from the show. Candice, what in the world did you see from him that lets you <laughs> give him anything other than an F for last season? I didn't. I just I just didn't want to be the one to give the F. I didn't know if y'all was giving ifs. So I oh just, yeah, for sure. I we're, gave, we're being I as close to you gotta be real, man. We keep it real right on the Eat Those Grizzly podcast, man. <laughs> <laughs> It's just that's not the head, something that's the in media these days. You don't often see <laughs> giving out. So I just, you know, I went with the second best. But in my heart, I felt a strong if, you know. 
I really did. But, you know. <laughs> just couldn't bring yourself to put it couldn't out. Couldn't bring myself to do it. But he showed up sometimes. So, Listen, that's a, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I got I, nothing, man. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I am in the minority when it comes to Grizzlies fans that still have faith in him. I go back and I watch watch that warrior series and how well he played in that series. And it wasn't mind blowing, but he's a, he's a role player in that series and he played well. He done exactly what you wanted him to do. He was playing well defensively. He got out, he ran the floor. He was knocking down threes. Some of his issue from last year was just his body letting him down. And so, you know, when he was back, was he completely healthy? You know, how many games do you even know? I didn't look it up. How many games did he play in the the Z League, uh, the G League last year? In the G League? Yeah. Um, I thought he played the whole season in the G League. I thought he played most of the season. Let's see, he played. He played thirty. He played thirty-seven games up with the Grizzlies. So I don't have the numbers for the G League in front of me, but that's how many he played in with the Grizzlies. I'll yeah. find it real quick, but I just. I, mean, I don't know, man. Man, just don't. It's fine. It's all right. BC had a bad sophomore year. He did, and then then he a bounced back. So, yeah. but BC still played though. Like Zaire just well, yeah. did again, but I guess it's the, the but, but people it's, say the injury, hey, and I don't, I don't know how B, much of that was. I don't know how much of that was injury injury based. Like, I don't I, it was just weird. Okay. Like, I I don't know. Like they would have him out for sore sore foot and just different things. I don't know how much of that was like real and. I mean, everybody, everybody, he should be, should have been doing that after the first year. Yeah. Like that's not really surprising. BC ended up benched. If you remember in his sophomore season, the X started getting the minutes and, and BC was on the bench. Yep. I do remember that. That that was, BC, I think he only played, I want to say like 60 something games. And, and I don't think it was injury related in that season yeah. with him. I think that he had a long stretch where he was getting DNP coach's decision. Yeah. He, he kind of looked unplayable for a minute there. That's why I think it gives me some hope with Zaire, but your level of faith in Zaire is different from my level of faith. I have faith that he can like look like an NBA player. But because that I feel like that might be his ceiling, it's just good rotation player. I think it makes him a little bit more tradable than you do. I don't think the commitment is as strong as it was. And I also think there may be some questions about his mindset. Um, and maybe that's why they have been so silent about him because they haven't seen from a mental perspective maybe what they like to see from him. But I think he won't be as bad as he was this past year. I'd, I'd be very surprised to see him do this two years in a row. But I don't have much. I mean, if he can do anything close to what he did rookie year, great by me. Like, seriously, great. And that's what this team would need. Yeah, I mean, he's still he's still young. Like, yeah. I'm not I'm not giving up on him yet. Uh, but definitely, I, I think the the bad grades were definitely earned from yes. him last year. Just not at all what you hope to see from him after the uh, the promising rookie season. So let's let's finish it out with the uh, the fearless leader of the team, John Morant. B minus, B minus, C for me, C plus overall for the show. And 
for me, it, it was just, it's a maturity thing, man. That's, you know, I understand social media is like, that's what these guys grew up with. I didn't, and I'm not like a, an old, oh, you can't be her. Like, I'm not a grumpy old man when it comes to that stuff. I understand that they're going to be involved in social media. But when you get disciplined for flashing a gun in a video, you don't put yourself in a position to, to have that happen again. And this was the second one was obviously after the season, but all of that led to what I can only guess. I, there, there's no confirmation on this, but John Rant's off the court stuff really seemed to weigh on the entire team last year. And I think for somebody, the expectations that Nike and the NBA and this team have put on him, I would have hoped to see him kind of step up to the challenge rather than what we got. And I know that it's, that sounds very, very simple. The way that I'm saying it, it's easy for me to sit here and say that I'm not living under that pressure, but that that's where my grade comes from. As far as what he done on the floor, the fourth quarter stuff, if you go and you look at his fourth quarter numbers, the year before compared to last year, you'll see that there's a big drop off. There are plenty of reasons to give him knocks on his grade for on the court stuff. But for me, it was the off the court stuff. Yeah, no, that's fair. Isaac, I'll let you go and then I'll see. I, I'll okay. see if I can pull up some of those four quarter stats. Yeah, I was going to say, I gave him a B minus. Um, and David hit on it, hit the nail on the head with the, the maturity thing. Um, and I think, and not that I feel like he was wrong for saying this, but the defining the West stuff, I think, created a lot of off the court negativity and noise. I think all of that stuff weighed on the team. Then you get suspended. And I think a lot of this stuff was bubbling up under the surface and we didn't even know it. You look at their their road numbers uh, from the year before to this year, they really struggled on the road. And I think a lot of that had to do with some of the job Morant stuff and some of that going stuff taking going on behind the scenes. Like we can't guarantee that, but I feel like as David said, a lot of that stuff just weighed on the team throughout the year. I mean, you give him a B minus because still all-star, we know how great he is. The numbers were, were really, really good, but his numbers were pretty much down across the board. Um, and you look at two years ago, 27.4 points to this year, 26.2. He did go up and assist from, from 6.7 to 8.1. Steals pretty much the same, 1.2 to 1.1. But you look at the, the rest of the numbers, he was 34.4% from three two years ago to 30.7 this year. Um, he was 53.4% on twos, 51.9% this year, 49.3% uh, overall from the field of 464 um, effective field goal percentage two years ago, 53% to 50.4 this year. Free throw percentage 76.1 uh, this two years ago to 74.8. Um, and you talk about the fourth quarter clutch numbers. Uh, I don't have those exactly in front of me, but anybody that watched this team, it was kind of night and day. He just wasn't that that same guy that you could depend on on the fourth quarter to go get a bucket jaw for many reasons. Didn't work as well this year as it worked two years ago. Where it wasn't that was team scheming at and knowing that's, what you're going to do, I think, played the most part on it, but just wasn't the same in that area. Uh, so I think that's why you get him down to a B-minus. But, again, I just think the 
him being a leader of this team, the off-the-court stuff, I think, weighed on the entire team. I think you could see it, especially at the end of the season. I think you could look at the end of the season press conference. It just seemed like they were all tired. Even Taylor Jenkins just seemed exhausted. And they they seemed, honestly, they lost that series to the Lakers. And I, I'm not saying that these guys don't care at all because I don't believe that at all. But they they didn't seem super as upset that this season was over. I, I think this stuff was weighing on them so heavy. They were ready for a reset, for a fresh start. I think they were at the point to where this stuff was was driving them nuts because I know as a fan base and people that covered the team, this was a rough year. I mean, I mean, this was a roller coaster ride. I mean, there was so much negativity about this team and the national media, on, on social media, pretty much everybody outside of Memphis just dogging this team constantly, and they hear this stuff. They can pretend that they, oh, they don't pay attention, but you're human beings, man. You're going you're gonna to hear this stuff. You're going to see this stuff, and it's hard for you not to care at all. Like, it might not completely just change everything for you, your mentality, but it, it matters some. And I think this kind of – I think a lot of that off-the-court stuff was created by John. I think it weighed on the whole team, and I think that's some of the reasons why they struggle at times, especially on the road. So I, I give him a B-minus, man. We we all just hoping John can get back to to where he needs to be mentally and, and come back and do his work in the dark, like you said, man, come back and be that player that we know he is. Because talent-wise, there's – there's no question about what he is and, and what his ceiling is. It's just, man, he just has to get back to that and get this off the court stuff taken care of, man, so he can come on the court and be that killer that he is. That's all. That's all we're hoping for, man. Get back right mentally and get back right on the court, man. And because we did talent wise, there's there's no question. Uh, so that that's kind of why I gave him a B minus, just because of the the maturity stuff. But still. Awesome. There's, there's no question about that. Still one of the best players in the league, despite me saying some of his numbers went down. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The the only reason why I didn't give him a C myself was because the context of his stats, while less efficient, they weren't that far off from the really great year that he had being all NBA the year before. So I, I, I gave some grace for that, but the off court stuff really was a factor. And for me, the biggest thing, yes, to off court stuff, but also just the fourth quarter. You know, because that's kind of been his thing. You know, the guy who it's been Jai get a bucket. It's been the whole offense. They got a whole offensive system based around him in the fourth. And in the fourth quarter, I pulled up the stats here. It's 36% from the field, uh, 17% from three. 67% from the free throw line. It was a huge issue missing, missing clutch free throws. He was the 12th worst player in the fourth quarter. The only players that were worse were Z, Vince, Laravia. Like he, 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 it was just bad. Like it was team worst bad. He played his worst at that time, and that's. I mean, it, it was an indication that there was a lot going on mentally with him because he he hadn't been that guy before. And I think yes, the dark cloud and all that stuff hovered over the team, but even more so hovering over the team was. That I think, like them being in these games and then, you know, basically running through Ja and kind of Ja choking it away. It's, it was it's tough, but it is that's how it was, uh, quite a quite a bit of the times. And so anyway, really hoping for the best for him, for him to get his head head right. It definitely the team has done everything they can to realistically uh help him be better in that direction. But like Zach Clayman said, it is on him. But anyway, uh, I'm cautiously optimistic, but we'll see. Uh, B minus for me, though. 
So the the numbers that Candace just mentioned, those were his 22-23 numbers. 21-22, he was 46% from the field in the fourth, 37% from three, and 74% from the free throw line. So 8% drop in his free throw percentage, 14% in his field goal, and almost a full 20 from the three-point line. And those things all add up. And it's – listen, we're, we, Isaac said we're going to keep it real on the show, and we are. Nobody on this team is above critique. Nobody in this organization is above it. There are things that we're going to say that you're going to disagree with, and that's fine. We we like conversation. These guys are on, on Twitter a lot more than I am. But, you know, I, I jump in from time to time. We would enjoy it if you guys would come and and let us know what you think. The show is at Ethos Grizzlies. I'm at NBA Dwell 21. Do you guys got anything else before we get out of here? No. No, I mean, I think we pretty much pretty much cover it, man. A good conversation tonight, man, with the grades talking about the the win tonight. Uh Grizzlies move on, on 2 and 0. They will play the Utah Jazz tomorrow night, 8 p.m. They'll wrap up their Utah. Uh, portion of, of summer league, and then they'll have a day off, and they'll be take on the Chicago Bulls in Vegas, uh, six p.m. on Saturday night on NBA TV. So, uh, Vegas is where it really kicks off. But hopefully, they can beat the host Utah Jazz tomorrow night and, and sweep their slate and go three and zero in Utah. Yeah, so I'll, I'll just run through these grades real quick. So this is just going to be show grade for every player: Adam C, Aldama B plus, Bain A, Brandon Clark B minus, Jaron A, Luke A. Conchar D plus, Laravia incomplete, Lofton A, John Morant C plus, David Roddy B plus, Tillman A, Zaire F, Vince Williams Jr. incomplete, and last but definitely not least, the villain with the C plus to round us out. So thanks again for tuning in. Get the show. I've said it, I think, four times here at the end, but I want you guys to come. We, we're getting super close to a thousand followers on Twitter. When we do that, I have a Desmond Bain autograph. Uh, He was in Nashville last week. And when we hit a thousand followers on Twitter, we will do a giveaway of one of the Desmond Bain autographs that I have. Hey man, $207 million man, man. You want to get that for sure. That's a a JSA certified. So, you know, it's not, uh, it's not junk. It's legit. Um, But I think we're like nine 30 something. So if you're not following us, Follow the show at Ethos Grizzlies. I'm at NBA D Will 2 1. Candace. Find me on Twitter at Candace H901. Isaac, take us home. Yeah, as I said a minute ago, the Grizzlies will have their Utah finale tomorrow night, taking on the host Jazz. That's 8 p.m. I think that's on NBA TV as well. Uh, they'll have a day off and they'll take on Chicago Bulls in Vegas uh, on Saturday night, 6 p.m. NBA TV, man. That's when it really gets started. Vegas is. Big time summer league, so we're excited about that. It'll be interesting to see how Coach Vitaly Polipinko continues to to handle these lineups. Will Kenneth Lofton and Roddy continue to play? I got a feeling that they're probably going to sit some guys and kind of go lean tomorrow night. I could be wrong, but kind of seeing their script that they've done in the past, that's kind of what they would probably do in this game. So I would be surprised if you see a lot of Roddy or Lofton or at all tomorrow night. Um, I think they might play some of the, the other guys Jay off the Cook. bench. Let, Jake Let him cook, cook. Man. yeah, man. Let Jake cook. Like Jake for sure. I, I would play Jake. They might not, especially with him having that type of game tonight. We'll see. But don't they're on the back to back, so I think they'll kind of sit some guys. But uh, as David said, like five times, you can get the show at Ethos Grizzlies. Go over there, give us a a like and a follow, and you can find me on my personal Twitter page at Isaac Double Underscore NBA. That's I S 
AAC double underscore NBA, man. Really good conversation uh, tonight, man. Enjoyed it. Uh, we're definitely going to be pushing out more and more content, so make sure you stay locked in, tapped in with us here at Ethos Grizzlies. Um, and for David, for Candace, uh, this has been Isaac Simpson, and until next time, we're gone.